This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum and somebody had asked a question about Indio and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. This is the Digital Broker Podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. And Ryan, we're talking about email. There's all kinds of stuff to talk about email uh, in in agents and brokers uh, operations. So hopefully you listened to the episode where we talked about email as a distraction. What we want to do now, and we're going to work at not being too geeky on you, but we really want to talk about email technology management or, you know, some of the technology with email that uh, agencies and brokers are working with, experiencing, and, and having to think about. And Ryan, we've identified four areas uh, that we want to focus on. What are those? So, you know, as we think through email, it's funny, right? Because email, it gets delivered to your inbox and everything is butter. And so it's it, it, the end user almost spends no time thinking about the 5,000 different things that had to go through to get to your inbox or the four or five different places it could break. <clears throat> and so when I think about email, the, I, I really think about a couple of those, the four key areas, you know, when an agency and I are talking, are they using encryption today across all their lines or, or just for employee benefits? Are they using a message or some kind of email archiving? So when an email comes in or exits the organization, are they capturing that at a, at a high level? Are they using uh, spam and DMARC protection? You know, how are they how are they trying to eliminate phishing, malware, all that jazz when it comes in from email? Those are kind of the areas. So archiving, how are you getting it to mobile? Um, your security, the spam, all that jazz. And well, spam, encryption, mobile device, encryption. and archiving. Yeah, yeah, there you encryption. go. Encryption. So uh, we we mentioned uh, kind of spam and and DMARC a little bit in in our prior episode, but let's go over it again for those that haven't listened to that one. Ultimately, it's a it's a better way to verify that the sender is who they say they are. That's mm-hmm. it. It reduces the folks pretending to be somebody else and coming in. Um, and it's the technology that has to be put in place specifically to, to be able to enable that. And so, you know, I would just ask the question, if, if I'm the principal of an organization, I'd like to at least say, yeah, do we have a DMARC? Oh, we don't? Okay, I'm good with that. Or, oh, I'm not good with that. Let me go ahead and see what we can do about that. Well, yeah, and I think that's really important. Again, the, the management team doesn't need to know the technical details. That's why you have somebody else there handling that for you. Whether you're a small, very small, then somebody's handling your email. 
you know, you might be outsourcing that in a, um, you know, hosted uh, email exchange server environment. That should be a question that you could ask. What about DMAR? And it's, it's D-M-A-R-C, if I'm correct, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and that's so right. what is DMAR? And, and are we doing it? And how is that working with my email systems? I don't think they're the size matters because we all have this private information that we need to make sure that we protect as much as possible. Well, and I mean, I think that for the poor users, our users are so gun shy now to click on anything that comes through email because they've been burned so many times. Mm -hmm. and so if I'm a user sitting at a desk and I'm getting inundated with fake stuff, and even with us, we still get fake stuff come through. I mean, it just happens. They do different things to get through, but it's reduced heavily with a DMARC. But if I'm a user, what I want to know is, what have you done to help me not make that mistake, IT person? Um, and if I can at least say, well, we've done everything that, that we really can to reduce that by putting these technologies in places, you're in a defensible position. And, and as an IT professional, I like being in a defensible position. What mm -hmm. have I done for our organization? And so that, that's well, a deep and, and kind of extend that out of the IT area into the management area for your cyber liability uh, security plan, you know, that's another piece that if something happens, you can say, hey, we took all these reasonable steps that we knew how to take in order to protect the information. And frankly, nothing is completely secure. And we've seen that over and over again. But if you can go and say, okay, we've done this, 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 and this, uh, that goes a long way to help make sure that you have a story to tell to the regulators and to others about what happened. Well, and I mean, what sucks is, you know, a lot of times you put these protections in place and maybe you're ahead of the game. And now emails start bouncing from people that they didn't bounce before because it wasn't checking the DMARC and they don't have it set up right. And we saw that happen a ton. Put the DMARC in place and immediately just like a bunch of our clients couldn't communicate with us anymore. And of course, the account manager is getting a call from the client saying your email's broken. Right. And the account manager calls me and says, hey, our email's broken. Everybody on the floor says our email's broken and you've just tried to make it more secure. And so... As you make these changes, just just know that you, you're, you're going to experience certain pain points, and it's there's never just going to be a one little thing you push and everything works. Everything's a trade-off. You know, my, an old mentor of mine said that the most secure computer ever is the one that's turned off. <laughs> Unplugged, exactly. Unplugged, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's un, not usable. And so insecurity, and I am by no means would ever profess to be a security anything, but, but my, the little that I do know you try to get as secure as possible and still having usability and functionality. And so, you know, all of these things increase the burden of IT and increase the burden of, of, of the overall stuff that's coming to your organization. Right. Your staff and yeah. what they have to do and how they have to handle things. And, you know, I, absolutely. The next and one's it, worse. The, ne the next one, though, well, that we have. Go well, ahead. Encryption, is, encryption. A, is the next one, right? <laughs> email encryption, sending an email that is secured, that has to, there has to be some action on the recipient side to actually open the email and get the information. Let me ask, what do clients think about encrypting their emails? So what was funny to me, so we got pushed back a little bit from the account manager saying, hey, our mm -hmm. clients aren't going to like this. 
our clients, we got like one or two complaints from the clients. The clients okay. were not the problem. The, the, some of the clients were like, okay, cool. You're doing that. That's awesome. That's good for us. Because I tell you what's happening right now in organizations, you have an employee benefits department that's using some kind of either at whim encryption device. So they put encrypt in the subject line and encrypts it on the way out. Mm -hmm. or if they're a little more fancy, they are scanning that email looking for numerical sequences and encrypting it at that point. So on the employee benefits side, those carriers have no problem whatsoever. They've been doing it for years. They've had to. Right. But as the PNC side has gotten more data heavy and we've just have a, a bigger awareness, those that are kind of saying, Hey, we need to do this. We need to encrypt this. We put that in place and the pushback comes from the underwriter at the carriers. Mm -hmm. And then, so then the underwriters telling the account manager, we don't accept encrypted email. The account manager calls IT and says, oh, no, they don't accept encrypted email. You need to fix this. And, I mean, literally one of the worst days I ever had in my life was over encrypted email um, because it, I had all these carriers that were rejecting our email, and the underwriters were all saying, hey, you can't have it, you can't have it. And our help desk is in Slack, and Slack was just blowing up with this stuff. And I, and I just kind of, it, it was, I was at a vulnerable moment, and I just kind of blew up on the whole mm, deal yeah but it was it was, it was so frustrating because and i mean i i could i have examples of an email this week where a carrier said oh no we don't accept encrypted emails now it was an underwriter at a carrier mm -hmm. um, because they can't forward that email to a processing team wherever it is right extract the documents they've got to attach it to their email they then have to do that underwriters don't want to do that they want to put that work back up on the agency but our main our main deal is protecting our clients' data. So, and that's that's how I take it. A, an agency is an advocate for the client. It's our responsibility to protect that information. We use encrypted emails. So, when we send a spreadsheet with financial information, or socials, or driver licenses, or anything, we can go back to the client and say we've done everything we can to secure and encrypt that for you. I was going to say in our earlier conversation, I believe you said you made a comment at some one of these points of let me have the email or the phone number of your chief security officer for the organization and let me talk to them about sending unencrypted email so they can indemnify us if something happens because they wouldn't accept it. Literally, literally, that's exactly how that happened. I mean, and, and now we have almost a, we have like a routine thing. Give get us the email address of your CISO or whoever your chief security officer is. Let us email that individual and let us get in an email from a carrier saying that they will not accept encrypted email. Right, will never happen. I, I don't. I, I hope not. Actually, right. I don't. I don't even have the ability to not take off my encryption. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything goes through the, the We use Zix for ours. There's a bunch of them. We use Zix. Okay, Zix Corp. Right. Yeah. CIX. We, that's right, ZIX. And, and the reason is, is because so many carriers and other clients use ZIX that it's transparent when that happens. There's no okay. portal or anything. And so that was kind of how we went that, that way. But yeah, I will go back to this. I will, and, and once the underwriter, they, they go to the manager and says, oh, the manager says, no, you accept no. whatever they need. Yes. To. <laughs> we so have I've, to figure out how to do it. And, and I guess yeah. I, I hope people are hearing that you can push back. Now, it may take being aggressive or being, you know, but that's a huge issue and needs to be addressed. So, so let me ask you another aspect of, of encryption, specifically with Microsoft products, because Exchange has some encryption capability mm -hmm. called TLS. Mm -hmm. So is that an option? I suspect the Zix is better, but 
I don't know if it's you know, better or not. I mean, I, you know, it's all the underlying, the underpinning technology of Zix is TLS. You do a TLS test on your exchange server. And like, I'll tell you an example. So some clients want encrypted email and we use, we use Zix. So, but a buddy, one of our employees scanned a piece of paper that had a, that had some, nothing crazy, but like a salary information on it and sent it to this client. Well, because it was not OCR'd through Zix, right? Zix isn't OCRing, and it is going into documents. It's going into electronic readable documents. Well, but it didn't see that, and so the guy got it in, in regular email. Right. Uh, he freaked out. He wanted all this stuff done, and we were like, "Dude, this is just one small blip." You know, we have these things in place, so it's just kind of interesting how how that works. But TLS is the underlying technology. If you have TLS on your thing, the problem with that is you're having to set it up per carrier, and that's what the carriers. A lot of times they'll come to you and say, "Hey, set TLS up with us, and it'll work." And you can do that, but then you're setting it up with all the different carriers and doing all different things. And so I, I just, I would rather offload that whole thing to a third party and say, okay. hey, if we're good to you. And it's not, I mean, it's six grand. It, it's not super expensive by any means. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so again, the point is encryption is important. There are multiple potential options for you and, you know, streamlining the, the customer service aspect of that. And at the same time, balancing the security of information is, is key. Yeah, let's not understate that. I mean, un understand that if you are sending out personally identifiable information over email that is unencrypted, you're one screenshot away from being just destroyed. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, anybody can get a hold of that. I mean, I'm not by any means. I, I, I but there's tools out there that can go allow me to scan your port 25 and see all the traffic that's coming over that. I mean, and so if if you're an account manager or a principal and you know you're sending socials out on the commercial side or driver's license numbers uh, or any number of things, birthdays you're doing it wrong and you're making yourself liable because ultimately if somebody, uh, somebody gets a hold of that stuff and then come back to you. So it's not, it's not like, ah, it's a nice to have. I mean, that's, a, that's a need to have. You better have it because I don't, you know, it, it's not a good thing to say. I never heard of encryption. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about mobile devices and management of those devices. Yeah, and there's two different ways to think about this. One is mobile device management, which is truly you installing a policy on a cell phone that makes that cell phone comply with your regulations and your rules. Mm -hmm. You can use the camera, you can't use the camera, all these different things. So that's one whole aspect. I really think about email delivery to the phone. And there's not a whole lot of just email delivery systems to the phone. Um, I always want to understand what are you using? Because if you're using something that leverages ActiveSync, now I want to understand how are you limiting me from going to a mail client, logging in from any mail client at all that can hook up to ActiveSync and downloading all my emails onto another device. Mm -hmm. Because if, 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 if I can go to my home PC, go into mail, hook up to ActiveSync and download that with my credentials, I may not be doing, I might not be complying to regulations in our corporation, but I've seen that happen. And now if I take that laptop or that phone, because I'm now hooked to regular old mail and I go to the bar and I'm in a, I, I have a bunch of socials on that phone and I get hammered and I leave the phone there, somebody gets into it. Now what happens? Now what happens, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think that's something that I, I, I'm not sure most 
agency managers thinking about is the phone is a personal phone. So that creates problems right there. And, you know, so somebody leaves, what do you do? Wipe their phone? Well, you're probably not going to do that. But what email is still on there, even though the active sync is broken or That's removed, right. what, email, what business email with private information is still on that personal right. private phone? And we uh, tested that. I mean, and recently, because we, we just switched from one product to another product. And so we tested about 10 different things, trying to figure out how we could leave active sync because our staff love the Outlook mail client. But the Outlook mail client on the phones needs to have ActiveSync available unless you're using another layer, which we, we're not using. Because mm -hmm. ActiveSync natively can't determine if that's Outlook coming in or if that's some regular email coming in from, from Apple Mail. And right. Apple Mail will not get rid of that. If you, if you clear the account and you say, okay, you're done, Apple Mail doesn't care. It's stored all that locally. So now I can go into there and I can have all the things I used to. And maybe, maybe that, you know, it seems Orwellian and big brothery, but those are just the things you got to worry about. I mean, if somebody has a list of, and I tell you where C-Levels worry about it is you've ever emailed a list of prospects to a producer and said, go after this. Right. That producer then gets terminated. If that producer's hooked their email up that way, now they have that prospect list forever. And maybe they have, maybe they've copied it and emailed it to themselves. Maybe they've done it a bunch of different ways, but you at least have a clear conscience to know that if you're brought technology in to disallow that, mm -hmm. to, that, that you have control over it. And I mean, it's just, again, you have to have conversations about it. How are, if you're getting email on your phone today, how is that happening? Cause I tell you, if you're going into your mail app on your phone, I, I'm in disagreement with uh, that for corporate email. So how, what, what do you do? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's a multitude of solutions. There's, uh, you know, Sophos offers a solution. There's other products that you can purchase that don't have, you don't have to open up ActiveSync for um, that, that will do it. I mean, we're using Zix One. We were using Good for Enterprise, but they got purchased by BlackBerry, and I didn't want to go back the BlackBerry route, and so we just went with Zix One. Zix One doesn't store anything residently. Good did, but Good then had an encrypted shell around it. Okay, so, so Good, so, slow down here a second. So Good is an email app that is a, is. that you can so Android or and iOS that's right that's right okay and you you down you have your staff download that I put a server in place for good good ex, ex, attaches to my exchange server mm -hmm. we send them a pin they put the pin in with their uh, email address and they connect and now they get their email on good if they mm -hmm. we we can force good by itself to have a pin code Okay. Locks after five minutes of it misuse and good puts an encrypted shell around all that email on the device. So if they happen to leave the device and somebody actually got into the device and were trying to dig through the hard drive, they couldn't get to the data because it was encrypted. They couldn't have the pen to access the app and they then couldn't get the data. That's right. Um, it, you know, by going into the file structure of the phone itself. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know that most people understand your phone has a file structure just like any other computer. And so there are, I have an app that allows me to go in and actually look at the files, et cetera, recover, by the way, old texts and all kinds of stuff there. Those are pretty common. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure most people really understand that and the implications of that. So, you know, the whole mobile email, active sync, and, you know, and as we were talking, Ryan, I've, I've got like two primary, actually, now that I think about it, I have, I have three email apps on my phone. Now, I'm not dealing, you know, insurance, PII, and those kinds of things, but I have Outlook, I have an app called Spark, 
and I have the Apple Mail, and I have them all in active sync, because depending, I probably should take away the the Apple Mail, because I don't use that, but the other two I do, I kind of interchange between them, and that means there's there's that data potentially available to somebody if they want. Right. And so if, inversely, if you were to bring in, if you were to say, you know what, I'm going to go a different route and you would bring in a good server or you'd bring in Zix or something like that. And then you would download their app and only that thing would be able to connect to the, only that mail client specifically would be able to get to the email. That's right. it. Yeah. And so at that point, I know my vector is one app. That person leaves. I take rights away from the app. Nothing's on the phone. It's all wiped. I, I have, again, I have a defensible position if they were able to, to be malicious, at least I can say, here are the things that I put in place yep. to make sure that didn't happen. Yep, exactly. So do you have any opinion or thought on uh, actual mobile device management software? How big an organization needs to be to, to have that make sense from a cost perspective? I mean, it's so hard. You know, I, I think of it, we could have went that direction. I, my personal philosophy is, I want to do as little with your phone as possible. I want to give you something to be able to log in. I don't want to control policies because if I control a policy on your phone and I allow you to look at porn, okay, mm -hmm. and I don't put a porn not allow on there, that means that I've made a decision corporately that we're not going to filter porn. Now, that's your personal phone. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you go to the house and I have a corporate policy that doesn't allow you to browse porn on it. I mean, or whatever, whatever it is. Right? right. It doesn't matter. And so to me, that 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 means that somewhere we said, yes, we're going to allow that if I didn't put the policy on or no, we're not. And I did put the policy on and we're starting to get into infringements and people get all twerked up about stuff. It, it, so I so, don't really want that. I just want. So what about what about a agency assigned phone? Well, that's lots a, of people that have two phones. Yeah, yeah, and that's how they did it back in the day. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. That that was how it was done, right? You get a BlackBerry. Blackberries were the thing. Here you go. Right. I think today there's a lot of options where you don't need to do that. I think it's a fine idea if you wanted. You have a lot more control over your security on your right. phone. That's for sure. Where right. you can mandate and say, "Hey, you're not supposed to do anything else on this phone." I think it's a little overkill, but I, there's if you're a bank, I, I you probably yeah. have two phones, <laughs> you yes, know. Exactly. Yeah, or even you, larger brokers. Absolutely, know, absolutely. Have two phones. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just a strategy and how they how they go about it. Okay. So last one of our four is archive email archive. Now, first, I'm not. No, I don't know that how many people actually understand that. So let's explain it first, and then how you could potentially use it, or how it could it could affect your management of email. So I mean, uh, I, I think of email archiver as the as the truth in the agency. Every email that comes in and out, uh, it gets captured and stuck into a central location where the anybody that needs to can go and search for that email. Mm -hmm. So when we take an E&O claim, then we need to go get all the e-docs, all, all the emails between X customer and Y carrier or whatever, we can go get that in a date range and deliver that to our legal team where they can instantly have that available. And it's a very, that is a transparent solution. That's one of those you can stick in and your users, you can say, hey, users, here you go. Here's new search functionality, but you never have to use it if you don't want to. It doesn't ever impact the user, right? Encryption impacts the user. 
the MDM, uh, the, that stuff impacts the user. Mobile device management, MDM. Yeah, yeah. you know, email to devices, a spam, that all impacts the user. Archiving really doesn't. They it, Some companies I know have it in place and they don't make it available to their staff. You know, it's a corporate tool that is leveraged to ensure compliance. Mm -hmm. and, and it gives you all kinds of alerts, but it is a, it is a top level service that captures all that coming in and out. So it captures all inbound and outbound email. Mm -hmm. So with that in place, does staff not have to attach emails to client files? No, I mean, they still do have to attach certain things. I think it gives the agency and the ability to strategize on what gets attached much more than, than they do if they don't have it in place. If, okay. they don't, if they don't have it in place, what they're saying is, Everything that's true is going to be attached in the agency management system, and we're going to be able to access it, and we have total and complete faith that at any point in time, we can go get what we need. Uh, we're all human, so we all make mistakes, and, we, and so for me, I, I like to have that in place and then be able to tell the managers, look, you guys decide what you want to keep. From an efficiency perspective, I've just enabled you to have very in-depth conversations with your staff on what's relevant and what's not to actually attach to the system. Because if you, if, because you can go and retrieve that at any point in time. When we were running analytics on this. Everything that we attached, out of 100 things that we attached, we would retrieve one of those. And I mean, that was just mind-blowing when I saw that. And so a core strategy was how do we just reduce the amount of things that we have to attach? So can you give me an example of some documents you do attach and maybe some, some, you, some that you leave in the archive? In like cert, cert requests. I mean, it's stupid things like that, like things that you would never think would be attached, but before were attached because we wanted to be able to quickly show what we did for that individual and then retrieve it for some reason. And I mean, I know that there are agencies that attach. And so just off the bat, cert requests, where we were able to say, you never have to attach this again, right? Okay. So um, that, that starts really improving staff productivity. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, hugely. And, and, you, and if you need it for some reason, then you can go search in the archive and, and find it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I mean, we did. We saw account managers that were leveraging, because when we brought archiving in, we said, okay, here's the corporate mandated things that have to be attached, but we're not saying don't attach anything else. We're just saying you have to attach these. These are the only things you have to attach going forward. Mm -hmm. So some people complied to that. Some people felt more comfortable attaching everything, but we saw a rise in books of business and the account managers able to handle books of business based on if they were using that or not, because attaching is such a process intensive it's, thing. It is. It's, it's a, a time drain. And so, so let me make sure people heard what you just said. You saw those that w were allowing some things not to be attached and to be stored in the archive. Their, the book of business they were able to handle increased versus those that kept attaching everything that, that came through, like it was done in the past. That's right. Guaranteed this. Anybody who's listening to me has a CYA file if they don't have archive. A CYA is a cover my ass, right? Because right. sometime they, they declined coverage or they got something they said, I might need to have reference to this. I'm going to stick it in this folder over here. And if you have archive, you know that, that a system above that is capturing all that. Capturing all of that for That's you. Right. So that means, I mean, it just gives you a lot of freedom because even as the employee now, you're not worried if I delete this, what will happen? No, you can unequivocally delete your email because you can go and retrieve it here because an employee doesn't mean to keep stuff. They're just nervous about deleting something that somebody hasn't 
they have. Well, and you know what? Agency staff, certainly if they've been working in that environment for more than a couple of years, have had it pounded into their brain. We've got a document, document, document. 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 Yeah, all day. Right? all day. And that's still true. The question then is, where is that document stored? Can we get access to it? And if we have a process in place that's a business process that we can show, hey, these emails we have stored over here, here's our process, we attach these here, and that's how we work our documentation, it's creating significantly more efficiency in the uh, operations of the agency and still protecting the documentation that's there. So that, that sounds like a win-win. A yeah, yeah. I mean, as an IT person, your job, in my opinion, is to give your managers options to solve problems and to create efficiencies. Mm -hmm. We cannot force compliance. We can't force people to leverage it. But when they call me on the carpet and say, what have you done to increase the productivity? You can say, well, one of the things we did was bring an archiver, right? right. That, that allowed your managers to opt to not or to, to, to have a discussion with their staff. Right. You know, and so I just think that was, that's kind of one of those basic options that you have in place now. Okay. I think that's a great idea. And that, you know, for me, that reminds me of something I know both of us believe pretty strongly is that, you know, the old IT department that was plug and play is changing rapidly into a profit center. Exactly what you said. What are we doing in IT, in our technology department to increase profitability to the organization? And, and that's a great example of pretty significant uh, improvement. Oh yeah, I mean, I, and I could talk about that for days, but no, I agree. With that. I think <laughs> well, we don't have time for that, Ryan. Right. I think people are. So let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. So the four things we talked about in in this particular show were the spam and DMARC, uh, encryption, mobile device management, and then the last we were just talking about is archiving as a as a solution for improving productivity of of documentation. Uh, and that's what I hope people will take away is that there are some things that can be done to protect and improve operational efficiency, which is the thing we continue to focus on. That operational efficiency improves profitability for the organization, and that's a win for everybody. Yeah, it makes your staff happier too. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. It does. I mean, if you have archive in place and you can say don't you can delete whatever you want. You'll make your staff happier because right now your staff is like, I need, I want to delete that, but I'm nervous. I have to get it. And so, and, and why they have a thousand or 2000 emails in their inbox because they're still of, and don't have time to attach it and all of those kinds of things. So yes, indeed. Uh, hopefully I thought it was a great discussion. I hope our listeners uh, got a lot out of it. Uh, if you have any questions or comments uh, on what we've talked about, we'd love to hear from you. And as a reminder, if you like what we're doing, let us know through uh, iTunes or other platforms. Uh, leave a rating and a, and a review for us. That would be great. Um, so Ryan, great talking with you and uh, look forward to the next show. Sounds good, Steve. All right. Take care. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www dot use indio dot com slash podcast.